pleasure is really one of the most necessary and important and like overshadowed thing in our lives pleasure in all the ways i find that everything we do is really centered around pleasure and yes this includes sexual pleasure pleasure is uh, a central central aspect of my day to day i try to seek out as much pleasure as i can within any day Uh, so that can be as simple as a interesting conversation seeing a family of geese cross the road uh, sex uh, can be food so pleasure is critical for everything that i do pleasure is critical but how often do we ignore that aspect of our life as we deal with what can sometimes feel like the daily grind of making a living taking care of family and all the various responsibilities we all hold. Nana, I love that phrase. Pleasure is critical because it really is. This week we're asking you to slow down, get comfortable, and get in tune with your bodies. Eesh. I need to take a sip of my own medicine. This is Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women. I'm your girl, Malika Grant, and I'm Nana Dakwansachema. Today, we've asked two experts in all things pleasure to share how to find joy in our bodies and through sex. I don't think enough of us make time for pleasure. It's almost considered frivolous in these times when the hustle-harder mentality is considered the way. So I'm excited to explore with you all how putting in some intentionality to invite and encourage more pleasure in our life can be helpful. Ooh, intentionality. Look at you, Nana, with the gyms today, and the show hasn't even started. What can I say? The goddess of pleasure is with me. I do intentionally make the time for pleasure, especially if it relates to uh, my happiness and someone else's happiness as well. Tapiwa Guza is from my neck of the woods. He's based in Cape Town, South Africa. Although I'm not from such a cool place, I'm from George. I've always been this kind of person who was into everything. I taste all foods. I like to have sex that looks so many different ways. Tapiwa describes himself as a generalist whose work in cultural reclamation and celebration involves everything from making and selling ice cream to rope bondage with all kinds of art, food, intimacy, and sex education in between. I think it's important for me to to live as fully as I can and that involves uh, satisfying and satiating so many different aspects of my being. I'm interested in in finding and exploring that beautiful erotic and sexual tension between myself and just life. Nakashua Julia Yahango is a visual artist, healer, and tantric coach living in Namibia. My journey unfolds around working with the body and and flowing with the body on a day to day. Um, so that's what I do. <laughs> that's who I am. 
I'm really obsessed with the idea of feeling good about everything I do and making space and time for the things that bring me joy. My daily pleasure practice is to go for a walk each morning and listen to an audiobook or podcast. What do you do to access pleasure each day, Malaika? Okay, so this is kind of sad, um, but I don't make time to pursue pleasure every day, to be quite honest. You know, I'm often bogged down with work, family obligations, driving somewhere in the service of one of my children's needs. Although recently I've set aside every day at 2 p.m. to watch Murder, She Wrote. And this is a show that got me through really dark times when I first moved to America. So yeah, Jessica Fletcher has been bringing me pleasure at two o'clock every day. Oh my goodness, Malaika. I need for your pleasure to be like way more sexy than Murder, She Wrote. And I think you really need to listen to Tapiwa. One of my biggest uh, guilty pleasures, I suppose, is encouraging other people to be as nasty as they want to be. I really love facilitating sort of self-discovery for people. So that's a big part for me in terms of community work is how do I get someone else to share with me or share with someone else that thing they really want to do, but they've been hiding it for years and years because of guilt and shame. I think a lot of us have trauma around pleasure and sex in our own physical bodies. So just shifting that um, like lens around that focus of the physical um, and grounding more into the sexual pleasure and tension in just our existence, just existing, just this moment in time and how that can be as orgasmic as a physical sexual experience. Nakashua has found her way to this self-pleasure and shifting that lens through Tantra. Tantra teaches how to use um, certain practices, so with breath, um, sexual uh, practices to master um, our energies, right? That's classical Tantra. And then Neo-Tantra is playing around with polarities, masculine, feminine dynamics, um, manifesting, creating with that kind of energy. I've always understood Tantra to be an ancient Indian practice, but Nakashu is interested in exploring what an African-inspired approach could be like. And we are here for it! Tantra is definitely something that I'm interested in revolutionizing and working through defining um, our African identity and how we explored our sexual pleasure and spiritual sort of oneness with source through this sensual and sexual way. This new Tantra sounds way more calming and I'm ready for my subscription. Like, where do I get started? How do I sign up? The most um, prevalent thing about Tantra is really mindfulness and consciousness. So just bringing a, a little bit more consciousness and awareness into your sexual practices, especially with yourself, is one way to even enhance your sexual encounters. Tapiwa also takes her solo sex sessions seriously. When I'm alone, I don't see it as a mediocre sexual experience and I don't do it as a rush thing to be like, oh, I want to, you know, catch an orgasm and go to sleep. 
it's very rare that I'll, I'll do it like that. Um, so even when I have sex alone, I'm doing it because it's, it's something that I really want to explore and really enjoy. So I take the time as well. I don't really rush, but like at least an hour, two hours put aside for whatever it is I'm planning on doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, because it's a podcast, I have to ex- explain to people mm. that my face was like, whoa, an hour, two hours. Oh my goodness. I'm one of those like five minutes before I go to bed. People. Really? Really? But I want to try something different. And maybe you all do too. So we asked Nakashua and Tapiwa to take us through one of their sessions. So usually I like to have a little tantric sexual session for myself when I'm feeling kind of a lot of emotional charge in my body. So when I'm finding myself in that place of, um, ooh, I'm feeling really emotional or angry, <laughs> then I love to to set up a little space for myself to channel this energy because that, that fire energy is, is exactly creation energy. Sometimes I'll, I'll leave work like at two in the afternoon, knowing that I'm leaving work for this particular purpose and I want to go have a good time and still have time to cook in the evening and have a nice aftercare period before I go to sleep. You know, so I'm very serious about it and I'll switch off my phone, I'll curate a playlist, have some snacks ready, some sugar for the after, after glow. <laughs> I know this sounds really cliche, but just creating a calm, peaceful, romantic and sensual space for yourself is so important because it allows the inner child, the inner you, that sensual goddess to feel safe, to feel held and to feel like you're making an effort. So putting on your favorite music and dimming the lights, lighting some candles. I also really like to put myself in something sensual, something that makes me feel sexy. There's the outward experience of it. So how am I going to look and how am I going to feel to myself? Um, so do I have coconut oil to, you know, I, I don't want to look ashy and I don't want to feel ashy. So like, <laughs> is a sheer butter in the equation? Um, am I potentially going to be taking videos or photos to share with someone else? Uh, so I don't want to have to worry about how I'm looking whilst I'm also enjoying the thing. So I start off by setting that up um nicely um so take a nice warm shower uh maybe get something burning in the air so some kind of uh plant maybe i don't really do essential oils but that i can see that working as well for other people and i enjoyed when someone else has, has brought you to the space I really love essential oils. Um, I love to use aphrodisiacs like liang liang or patchouli for sensual moments. Um, so put a little bit on your pillow, put a little bit on your skin, just um, around you so you can have these magical oils just fire up some electric sensual things in your mind.
sometimes if it's in the evening then candlelight of course if it's during the day then sometimes i'm even outside because i like being out in nature so i got a nice private garden where i live and in the summertime of course you can be outside and it's it's a little weird juxtaposition of like hearing the neighborhood around you uh so you can hear like people walking about dogs barking sirens and alarms and maybe like people playing in the park and such a contrast to what you're doing and then at this point i would either um then uh decide whether this is going to be a yoni egg or yoni wand practice that means that i then just invite my crystal wand and um my crystal yoni egg into the practice and do a little heartfelt sensual practice i'm usually craving a particular thing when i'm having sex with myself yeah um, so I, i'm i'm really thorough. throughout the day i've thought about it like oh, we're gonna do this gonna do that and because i'm not anticipating anyone else's input i can be a bit more thorough about curating the experience there's no potential for clashes or for um reevaluating the the experience because it's an internal conversation yeah i begin always with um so setting my tools up nicely across myself whatever i need whatever i decide oil is always a great idea some lube whatever you feel like you might need a snack or two is always great a blindfold yes I know blindfolding yourself for and yourself. it's just you, you and you have a blindfold for yourself. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh wow, that's incredible. <laughs> exactly. That plays also with that vulnerability with you and and the present moment, right? So it's really you and you and letting go without that like control of the moment. Um so yes so i like to have my my little thingies set up and then i dive into a breathwork practice and uh clean bedding get your toys lined up you get all your lube uh yeah and I, i like like a buffet selection so just like take out everything and see you know where things go and if we're doing like uh like ain't no play then of course there are other sort of logistics you have to take care of first and then that often leaves me feeling a bit more drained so then i definitely want some sugar afterwards so then i do probably 3 4 rounds of fire breathing so fire breathing is where you just exhale all the air and then you pump the air in and out of your body for about 50 rounds each time um through your nose and then you inhale and then so basically you do a kegel you pull the pelvic floor and the anus up into your body as you hold your breath and you hold your breath for about a minute or two you relax and then you let that go and then you just sit into this feeling so i repeat that um about 50 times the the breathing three rounds and that gets my body completely fired up um and at this time you can start feeling that uh beautiful shakti energy in your yoni in your vagina in your vulva just rising just bringing that heat to your heart center and there's this real joy and and nervousness so this is where i like to bring my blindfold in and then um with my blindfold i just lie back enjoy the energy that i have now built up through breath this i'm still in my breath work i am channeling constantly this connection between my breath and my yoni um i'm feeling i'm 
creating sort of the circular breathing um, sphere. So I'm creating this energy sphere around myself consciously. I'm sort of doing Reiki on myself. Um, I'm sending the energy from the crown, from the top of my head to um, the bottom to my yoni and in. And as I'm breathing, I'm visualizing this feeling and whether I'm using my egg or my wand or just lying there breathing and and building the shakti, the sensual energy within my physical body, um, which I can then decide to do by this point. Um, spirit, this energy, the, the dance, the dance has become so intense and so beautiful, but simultaneously gentle and it allows you to take this frequency and use it to create or to completely surrender and allow yourself to fall into orgasmic pleasure. So then I would either burst into tears or I would allow myself to just um, release this energy somehow. Usually it's tears or um, sounding, voicing, um, just releasing really to allow these channels to open up a bit more. And then aftercare, just taking off my blindfold, um, removing my um, yoni egg, my wand, putting my wand down, holding myself and um, checking in. I definitely want some sugar afterwards. Yeah, you know, like comfort food, like croissants and chocolate and maybe hot chocolate. Uh, I I don't want anything savory after that. I want something purely for endorphins yeah so it's very really something healthy (laughs) there won't be any quinoa salad in the area i can tell you that (laughs) i think pleasure is such a healing pathway if we can really use this energy to open up what it needs to so of course we can have orgasms that can feel very numbing and we can also have orgasms that can be very expansive so i like to use um these kinds of sessions with myself, these special, mindful, slow, vulnerable sessions with myself to really integrate or bring up whatever I cannot see or I haven't been able to fathom yet with my, yeah, this reality. Nakashiro and Tapiwa are really inspiring me to approach my solo sex sessions differently. I feel so just to do this. I'm glad you're feeling inspired because I haven't even entered the game yet. I mean, I think I've had solo sex once, maybe in 2006. A key thing to remember is being present and in the moment. I also used to be that person who was very like, just for the need, and I know I can do it best. <laughs> Until I had to really face myself and and be honest. And um, I started asking myself the questions of how do I expect a lover to be looking at me in the eyes and taking a moment if I cannot hold myself and really um, ritualize my own self-pleasure without it being about... Um, Yeah, the orgasm, the climax, the relief. (laughs) And Tapiwa says he has also evolved in his approach to being present and pleasure, solo and otherwise. I think over the years I've accumulated a significant amount of knowledge and information around uh, the different ways you can express yourself sexually. And now it kind of feels instinctual. 
so I let the moment guide. I, I remember I used to like orchestrate this really, really messed up <laughs> when I was uh, maybe like 24, 25. I would inv- invite a woman over to my place. Uh, I'll make you a homemade meal because I knew I was good at cooking. And then every single time I would always be, oh, I just came out of the shower. So towel around my body, I'm glistening and it's like wet. <laughs> right. So I used to make a really intense effort to facilitate pleasure and increase the odds of that pleasure outcome. And now I'm more interested in, oh, what in, what kind of mood am I in today? And what can I dive into? Instead of saying, um, he had here's a checklist and here are the out here are the outcomes. Yeah. Just like stay open to whatever fun can come out. Now I can get the image of you coming out of the shower with the towel around <laughs> you out of my head. So thank you for that visual. <laughs> it's a podcast. We needed to add some visuals to it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to visuals of hot people coming out of showers. But in all seriousness, what spoke to me from listening to Tapiwa and Nakashua was the importance of ritualizing your own self-pleasure. Because I feel like personally, that's my challenge, right? Like solar sex is the last thing at night to help me sleep. <laughs> it's like you're being a baby with a bottle. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Ritualizing our own self-pleasure is definitely part of this pleasure revolution. So I asked Nakashua, how can I shift my consciousness and get to the point where I'm intentionally making space for it? You can start simply by um, when you do self-pleasure, when you do masturbate, you just do it really slowly. When you're masturbating, it feels almost like you really want to get there. <laughs> so I think starting really slowly with just um, feeling with your hand, with the tips of your hand, the entirety of your vulva, the entirety of your labia, just feeling it, your mind will start to shift from, um, we're just doing this, we need to get off, keep going, keep going, to, oh, what are you trying to do? You're feeling, and the vulva responds, and there's a connection, and that connection is, is as raw and as pure and as vulnerable as it feels with doing it with somebody else, or if somebody else was touching you, and I think a lot of the times, this is the kind of feeling and vulnerability we're trying to turn away from. So of course we know our bodies and we know how to make her come and turn her on, but do we know how to be with her and communicate with her in small little moments? And it could be 10 minutes of just feeling and massaging the labia and then you move on right? So if time is really the issue, then build up on it. It's never about rushing it. (laughs) But I think starting really slow and facing um, your own current reality with your own physical body and again, that erotic tension between you and your breath, um, you realize that there's so much expansion, especially around our pleasure and sexuality. As an intimacy coach, Tapiwa's work helping others to unlock and understand what gives them pleasure has taught him more about himself. One of the biggest beautiful things has been learning the range of people's joy and people's pain. 
and you know some of the stories you hear of, like the reason why someone has sought out my work is because of something heinous something you can't imagine someone recovering from you know like re- a huge range of like really difficult things but you also hear magical things like i'm seeking out because i want to live my life without fear and i want to enjoy my life so there's no trauma i'm trying to address i just want to be happy you have to be trying to ignore that kind of magic to not grow from it you know um it's helped me empathize a lot more with how i approach intimacy for myself and for other people or with other people and he has some final advice for how to tune into pleasure based on intimacy. Be open and then also be communicative of the kinds of things that you potentially like and you are interested in exploring or learning about. And finally, I would say be okay being silly in your exploration of pleasure. Yeah, For me, sex is a fun thing. It's not a serious thing. It's a very fun thing and I'm always laughing and giggling and um, making silly jokes and silly faces because it's not that serious, you know. It's a serious topic, of course, and there can be serious consequences, but the act itself for me should be should be silly, right? Um, I remember, like, having sex with someone for the first time who laughs when they orgasm. And initially I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But then after a while I realized, actually, this person is so free with themselves that they are laughing and they're so happy and so joyous. So be silly with pleasure. Be be happy with it, yeah. And Nakasha reminds us that it all comes back to feeling good in ourselves. Everything starts with being comfortable in your own body, exploring your body, um, not worrying about what sex and pleasure and sexuality and sensuality should be. So basically discard everything you've ever heard. Like, thank you, great information. Where do I start? When you're okay with starting over, um, especially with your sexuality and saying it's okay to learn because I don't know and standing in the mirror and looking at your body and finding out what that looks like for you and touching some of those places that may have um, been feeling uncomfortable and those things. Yeah, so I think the body is the gateway to exploring more pleasure. That's definitely something I need to continue to work on. Being comfortable in my own body, no matter what state it is in. It's definitely ongoing work for me. And for me too, you know, as somebody who hasn't had solo sex since 2006. I so loved chatting to Nakasha and Tapiwa. I learned so much. I hope you did too. Share this episode with all of your peeps who want to access more pleasure in their lives. Until next time. Keep coming! The Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women podcast is hosted by Malaika Grant and Anander Kose Chiyama. Freddie Boswell is a senior producer. Fatima Derby is our associate producer. Written by Wana Udobang. Audio editors are Messi Barno and Tevin Sudi. Malaika Grant and Anander Kose Chiyama are executive producers. The Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women podcast is a production of AQ Studios in partnership with Masi Media. Masi Kidaga is our studio administrator and Sally Chan is the AQ Studios CEO. Follow us on all our social media. That's at AQ Studios Podcasts. Our theme music is Damn, performed by Ria Boss. Music from this episode comes from Blue Dots Sessions. 
Find adventures from the bedrooms of African women anywhere you get your podcasts and in the pursuit of all things sex, sexuality and pleasure. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Adventures From. Thanks for listening. God damn, she's so fly. God damn, she might die.